Hello and welcome to this Life Changes podcast. You are now listening to one of our Sunday messages. If you'd like to know more about Life Changes, you can visit us on Facebook, Twitter or Instagram. Now lean in and enjoy. have you all here and happy new year it's very very good to have you all here and i see ben gerber with a new beard as well for the new year good to have you here ben very very cool to see you i would ask us this evening if you have a bible it will be on the screen if not but turn in your bibles to romans chapter 12 verse 2 we're going to read one scripture together and then go through it tonight but just while you're turning there i want to tell you a preacher's temptation on the first sunday of a year tell you i was like i gotta preach 10 ways to become a better person this year or uh, I thought maybe I've got to do better, maybe I have to preach uh, something called how to do things differently than last year, or maybe something like uh, Christian resolutions, you know, something like, you know, go on a sugar diet, sugar-free diet, stop drinking Cokes. It'll never happen, Fiona, it'll never happen. You were listening to my promises, but uh, there we go. Anyway, but I want to tell you, the temptation is to do those sort of things, but uh, this evening I want to do something different, if that's all right. I'm wanting to preach the most powerful sermon that's inside of me. Is that all right? I feel just everything inside of me wants to, uh, I'm, I'm still on that, that Christmas, uh, just like, you know, just the Christmas lull, and I'm like, oh, the beach is looking good, and I'm, I'll go, if we start work again tomorrow morning, and everyone else, we, we know you'll have another week holiday. Bless you. Bless you, bless you, bless you. Just relax, take it easy, please. Don't worry about us. Sweating here with no aircon. But bless you, enjoy it, enjoy it. But you know, everything inside of me just wants to slop into the year. Just like, Ugh, let's just get going and see how we do. And maybe at the end of January, you can reassess situations. But I felt to do something different tonight. But I felt to, to propel us, rather, into the new year. To, I believe God is calling Life Change Church. He's positioned her in such a way last year for a year of huge breakthrough and a year of increased, increased, increased authority. I believe that God is wanting to put increased authority in every single believer who calls life changes home this year. Are you keen for a little bit of that? I am. I'm like, God, I want that. So this is me preaching to you, but more preaching to myself, if that's okay. I'll be taking notes if I say something really good. I'll be writing it down. But we're going to read the scripture together, and then we're going to chat and see where we go. The scripture is this, Romans 12, verse 2. This is the New Living Translation. It says this, don't copy the behavior and customs of the world. But let God transform you into a new person by changing the way you think. Then you will learn to know God's will for you, which is good and pleasing and perfect. You might, if you've been around in church for any length of time, you may know the NIV translation. Let's just leave that scripture up for a while, Ty, which goes something like, like this. Do not conform any longer to the patterns of the world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. It's a great scripture. I just happened to have a new living translation. This one caught my attention. Something a little bit different, but I want to read it one more time. Don't copy the behavior and customs of the world, but let God transform you into a new person by changing the way you think. Then you will learn to know God's will for you, which is good and pleasing and perfect. Aren't you glad that God's will for you is good, pleasing, and perfect? I'm so grateful that, that it's not my will be done, it's not my plans come, it's not my kingdom come on earth, it's His will, His kingdom, because His will and His kingdom is good, pleasing, and perfect if we trust Him. And I'm so excited for that. Thank you, Lord. But this evening, the sermon title, the title of this message is A New You. Sounds good, hey? A New You. 
very excited about that. And I want to just tell you, remind you this evening, whether you've been here for a long time or not, the temptation is let's try and become version 2.0 this year. A little bit better than last year. We rate ourselves on a scale. I gave myself a solid 7 out of 10 last year. This year, let's just go for 7.5. Reachable. Reachable. Over, under promise, over deliver. You know? But I want to tell you the gospel declares something else. It doesn't declare that the, this is a new start. Now we get to start again afresh. It says this, because of Jesus, you're a new person. Not because the calendar tells you it's day one of the year, but because Jesus Christ has come into your life, he says you are a new creation, a new person already. And I think the problem is just a lot of us are acting like the old you, the old me. We now want to remind you this evening that God, what God says about you at the start of this year is that you already in Christ are a new you. And tonight all we want to do is remember and rehearse who we are in Christ, really dig ourselves deep into that. And my thesis and my plan this evening is for us to get to the end of it and to be, uh, this year to be jumping to a new conclusion. I don't know about you, but uh, whenever somebody says or sends me a text or says to me, we need a chat. My heart drops, I start thinking, what have I done wrong? Have I offended this person? Oh no, what have they done wrong? And I, immediately before anything else, they say, Let's, please can we chat? My brain has gone a million other places. I've jumped to a conclusion. And maybe you like that like me, not just in that way. You hear economy collapse. You hear government is, is spending 40 billion on a jet. You hear, um, you hear your boss saying, this year we're going to graft even harder. And you hear your spouse saying, I can't do it again. And you're automatically you're wanting to jump to a conclusion. I want to tell you, I pray this evening as we preach and we lean into the word of God that we would start to jump to a new conclusion. That God is good. That God has created us not as a a second-rate citizen, somebody who's trying to make a way through and trying to become better and better in our own strength. But he himself says over you from the parapet of heaven, you are a new creation. And I want that to go deep in our hearts because I believe it will change everything for us this year. That is my resolution for this year, to live like the new me. That's what I want him to do. My resolution, I want to live like the new me. So tonight, is that okay? I'm going to give you a vitamin B shot of the gospel, the greatest news in the kingdom of of the world, universe, whatever you want to call it. I want to give you a vitamin B shot. Don't worry. We won't ask you to take your pants down. We'll just preach it. Is that all right? Good. Let's pray. Father, we thank you this evening for your glorious word. We thank you for this scripture. I pray, God, would it go deep in our hearts? Would it uproot um, systems of behavior and thinking where we've been just copying the ways of the world, the ways that we've known? But God, today we would say, God, would you transform us into the new us, the new people that you've called us to be in Christ Jesus. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. Because it's hot, I'll try and be brief. Number one, the point number one, there's three points this evening. Number one will be on the screen behind me. A new you has a new nature. Let me talk to you about this one tonight. A new you has a new nature. I love this so much because there's a scripture that, scripture that says in Corinthians, it says, if you are in Christ, anyone's in Christ, behold, they have become a new creation. The old has gone. The new has come. I love one of my favorite scriptures. The Bible says the old has been done away with. Not just, not just set aside for a moment. It says it's been nailed to the cross. It's totally, totally done. It is gone. It's on this side of the river. It's here, never to be revisited again. And it says the new has come on this side. And I pray a lot of us are going to shift our thinking to this side of the river and declare like Adele, hello from the other side. <laughs> I did work that joke in, I promise. Been desperate to. 
But I want to tell you, I think we, we have distorted thinking because I think we live in a world that has conditioned us to upgrades. We know upgrades well. So the, the problem is in the, in the translation of that scripture, the old is gone, the new has come. The theologians say that they could have used two Greek words for the new. They could have used the word neos or kairos. The word neos means this, upgrade. Means the old is gone, the upgrade has come. And we love upgrades. Whether you are on a medical aid scheme that makes you go to the gym and swipe your cards furiously the last week of the year just to make sure you stay on silver status for the next year, just to get that upgrade. Or you're on Blackberry and Vodacom phone, you say, Sir, we'd love to get you onto an iPhone. Upgrades, I love it. We, I don't know, whatever way you perceive upgrades, but we are conditioned to upgrades. Everyone, do you want to upgrade your line? Do you want to upgrade your, your, your insurance? Do you want to upgrade? Can I tell you the good news? The writer Paul did not use the word neos. He did not say, the old is gone, the upgrade has come. He said this, the old is gone, the kairos has come. Kairos means this, brand spanking new, never seen before. The old is gone, the brand spanking new has come. It's not now you're a better version of who you once were before I came to Christ. I used to be such a rotten person. Now I'm just rotten on weekends. Thank goodness I go to church. No, no, no. God does a whole new work. He takes out our old hearts and puts in a new believing nature, which is brand new. This is so huge for me because I think the enemy tries to get us to pursue the slightly better. Just settle. Resolutions, I think sometimes... How do I become, lose a, just a little, gain my, just my better weight? How do I gain just a little bit more traction with my family? How do I do just a little bit better in my work? And we do that in the spiritual as well. How do I, how do I just, just move to a better version of what I once it was? When Jesus says, don't settle for slightly better, settle for the brand spanking new. Get yourself, root yourself in who you are is. The old is gone, the new brand spanking never seen before has come. This is so amazing that the Bible then tells us that we once were sinners. But you know, when you find yourself making that transition from the old into the new way of thinking, transform yourself by the, God transforms you into the new way of thinking, the new, you realize that the Bible stops you at that moment you believe in Christ. It stops calling you a sinner. The Father no longer sees you. If you are in Christ, He no longer will ever use the word sinner in your direction. Your title has forever changed to dearly beloved child, son, daughter. I tell you, I love that so much. I love it so deep inside of me. If I go, you go, look, read the scriptures, even the way Paul opens up his letters to, to churches that were, the church in Ephesus that was involved, that was coming out of witchcraft and, and, and such debauchery, debaucherous lifestyle where they, where they worshipped um, prostitutes. That was their religion. Paul writes was they just on day one of them finding themselves in Christ, he says, to the holy and faithful people. Can I tell you? By their track record, they weren't holy and faithful yet. But by their nature, they were holy and faithful in Christ Jesus. And we have to understand this is how God sees it. I think too many of us labor under a false accusation of heaven when it's actually an accusation from the enemy. Heaven says... You are a new creation. And we've got to believe this and change our thinking. I love this because the Bible tells us another word for nature we use as identity. You have a new identity. And now I know this well because I once was a Zimbabwean citizen, but now I am a South African citizen with a South African ID. But I want to tell you that in this world, one day you will die. This body 
is not going to go with you to heaven. Some of you are saying, praise God. Some of you are going, what am I spending all my money for then? That's why I don't gym ever. Not taking it with me. But I want to tell you, so our passports are temporary. So your passport here on earth, you are, your passport is temporary. One day you are a citizen in heaven. One day heaven is our home where we're going to go and be with him in fullness and joy and peace forever and righteousness and knowing the, the fullness of our salvation, our faith becoming sight. Passports are temporary. But can I tell you, your identity is permanent. You will never get another title besides son and daughter. The day you die, he's going to say, son and daughter. The same thing he says to you tonight. That's the new that he gives you now. Not waiting for one other day, but now if we pick it up and change our thinking. I love this hugely. The Bible says that we were dead, disobedient, and doomed. But then in Colossians, if you go read it, don't have time for it right now. Colossians 1 verse 21 to 22 and Colossians 2 verse 11 to 15, if you're taking notes, which is a good thing. Check out what we say here. But I want to tell you, the Bible then roots us and says that he has forgiven us all of our sins. And he has made made us holy and blameless and faultless in his sight. This is beautiful news. For a sinner like me, a man that, or in my own eyes, I see myself as a sinner, I love hearing that, that my father sees me as righteous. Not because of my actions, but because of the son, Jesus Christ, who has performed it perfectly. So much so that he's also given us a new spirit. Under this new nature, he's given us a new spirit. My old spirit was uh, distracted, was disobedient, was always pulling away to my own desires, my own things. I want to do that. But God says, no, I'm going to put a new spirit in you that helps you relate to me, helps you cry out, Abba, Father. And the amazing news is this. We're never going to get another Holy Spirit. We're never going to get a new spirit. The spirit you've got now is a spiritual heaven to eternity. It's done. It's finalized. And I, think, I don't think people understand how good news this is. Is This is so huge because this means that the enemy has no legitimate hold over your spirit. Let me tell you why. Inheritance is given when somebody dies. Everyone agree with me? Let me tell you this. Somebody died. His name is Jesus. Inheritance has been given. It's been given, and the inheritance given is his Holy Spirit. And he says, the Holy Spirit, who is God, says, I will never leave you, nor forsake you. He's there. He's the seal of our salvation. He seals us with salvation. He's with us. And this gives us confidence in who we are. I love this hugely. And the only thing, the inheritance that is yet to be won is the renewing of our mind and bring our mind into confidence of what has already been done. That's being transformed by the renewing of your mind. It's not getting to some higher plane. It's saying, let me really believe what God has done for me. And then I live that out. That's being renewing of your mind. And I love this so hugely because when we get this right believing, we start to manifest right behaving almost on accident. Almost by accident. Right believing leads to right behaving. I cannot stress this enough. Maybe you've heard this said a million times from here. We'll say it a million times more. Charles Charles Spurgeon, one of the greatest preachers of of the modern era, was once chastised by an older gentleman in his church. They said, why do you always preach the same thing and remind us who we are every week? And Charles Spurgeon, with his big beard, said, because you forget every week. (laughs) And I know me. I'm the worst uh, rememberer of my own righteousness. I, I, I tend to lean into my own old nature and I have to remind myself, but that is gone. There's a new nature. That's who I am. I'm not that. I'm not an addict. I'm not that. I'm not selfish. I'm not greedy. I am a new creation. 
Hello from the other side. <laughs> You'll never listen to that song again <laughs> in the same way. But I want to tell you this is so key to me and why it's so deep inside of me. Because the Bible says we've made another transition from a slave to sin to a slave to righteousness. A slave to sin, sin is this. When, when I was a slave to sin, I was a, a slave to my own desires. I want to do this. I want to, I, I just, I have to. I, I have to go this way. I have to go after that thing. I have to go after that addiction, over, after that, that desire, after those things that captivate me. And sin would just pull me in that direction. I was helpless. But Jesus says, now you're no longer a slave to sin. You're a slave to righteousness. And a slave to righteousness means that we become helpless. We are, we are helpless to do, except to do what he has called us to do when we change our thinking. God is wanting us to become slaves of righteousness and understand this. Tim Keller says this, you're not free to sin. You are free from sin. Believe it and you don't have to sin another day. People often say, what's the remedy for sin? If you preach in gospel that I don't have to do anything, I just have to believe? Surely that'll mean I could just continue sinning. Can I tell you, if you want to stop sinning, start believing the gospel. The gospel is the remedy for our sinful nature. It takes away our sin and gives us power to overcome it as well. The gospel. I love this because it says this. It's not a righteousness required, it's a righteousness supplied. God doesn't say, I want your righteousness. He says, I'm going to give you righteousness as a gift that you can walk in. How profound is that? Deep truth that needs to get deep in our hearts. A man named Brad Kleinsmith, while he's son-in-law, he writes songs for gangs of ballet. He wrote a song. He said, we live under warm skies. And I think Durban thought they were singing about, he was singing about them. But I know this man. I know what he was declaring over a generation, that we live under warm skies. We don't live under cloudy skies with God, a God who's angry with us, a God who's got harsh requirements that we could never keep. He's a God that has provided everything we need in Christ Jesus. And so much so that the heavens have been opened, never to be shut again. We live under warm skies. You live under the approval of a father. You live under that reality. And this is a nature that we have to understand that we have. I want to tell you this evening that cheap grace isn't the problem, but rather cheap law. Cheap grace isn't the problem. I believe it's cheap law that's the problem. Let me explain. The idea that God accepts anything but the perfect righteousness of Jesus is blasphemy. If you think you can do anything better than my Jesus, that's blasphemy. I've put my confidence not in my strength, not in my ability to obey, but in His full ability to obey, which has changed my heart. And now I obey because He's done it in me. This is the profound nature of the gospel. Your identity is in His strength, not yours. It's in his performance, not yours. It's in his perfection, not yours. It's in his righteousness, not yours. This is good news, not good advice, not good suggestions. Good news. Welcome to the new year. I really believe this is a year that we are going to, as a people, who are going to leap off the treadmill of religion, trying to please God and trying to run. If I run fast, I'm sure I can get there. And never, ever making any progress. Running and running and running. Living for the applause, as Lady Gaga once said. <laughs> running and running, but never making any distance. I felt like that for years, trying to pursue God. Pursuing Him and running and trying harder, but seeing I can't get closer to Him. I still feel distant. I still feel rotten. And He said, get off the treadmill, get on the escalator. 
Can I tell you, Jesus is the escalator. When you stand on him, when you get on him, your default direction is greater, is the Father, is holiness. Your default direction is righteousness. Your default direction is faithfulness because you're on the escalator of grace. And when you fall down and you, you feel, I just fall short, you go, no, what have I done? I've fallen short. And you realize the escalator still keeps going. That's the good news of the gospel. Sir, man, you have been given a new nature. So don't labor under the old treadmill nature any longer. Renew your mind. You're a new creation. Second point. A new you has a new access. You have a new nature. You also have a new access. I want to tell you that this, is, this God that we've come to is not just a God who shouts down at us. Turn left! He's not listening. God says, this is going like a, like a supernatural GPS shouting out directions and we're hopefully going to get it right. And I might want to go, right, oh, I missed it. Try harder tomorrow. No, he's not a God who just shouts down at us. He's a God who invites us up to him. A father who invites us up to him. This is not just a new nature and saying, good, carry on on your own. He's a father who calls us to himself. Genesis chapter 28, there's a story of a man named Jacob. And Jacob spends one night wrestling with God, wrestling and, 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 and just really just getting to grips with these things. He has questions. He's fighting with God, trying to work out what is this thing all about. And in this moment, God then gives him a vision, an open vision, where he sees a ladder jo- joining heaven and earth. A ladder. He sees this open vision. And he says, as he sees this ladder joining earth and heaven, he sees angels um, ascending and descending on it. And he sees that's the way to heaven. Wow. And in that moment, the vision is gone. Then we stumble upon a scripture later and you think, what, what is that story about? What is going on there? Is this a bit of a supernatural moment? Well, it sounds like maybe he was just having a, a, just a tiring day, some bad dreams at night or something, I don't know. But then we find in John chapter one, Jesus says this, he says, you will see heaven open and you will see angels ascending and descending on the son of man, the one who is the stairway between heaven and earth. Jesus comes and says, I am that ladder. I am the one who joins heaven and earth. I'm the one who, who connects you to an open heaven. There's no other way. There's no other mystical thing. If you're wanting to live and understand, the, have access to the Father, have access to God, how incredible. You, have, you get to have access to God. It's not through some mystical seance or trying really hard or if I, if I just get into some nirvana state. I'm, oh, wow, I had this encounter with God. Whoa, how crazy was that? Can I tell you how it happens? Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ is the mystery of the gospel that the angel said, I've longed to look into. The mystery that Jesus, Christ in us, the hope of glory, gives us access to the Father. Wow. Jesus. Open heavens. I want to tell you, Jesus is our open heaven. The heavens are never shut. Never, ever shut. There's so much so that there's a song, let it rain, let it rain, open the floodgates of heaven. You all know it? Anyone know it? I refuse to sing that. I say, you have opened the heavens. Because my singing is not going to open the heavens. Let it rain, please. As if I can do a rain dance. I really need some breakthrough, God. Give me breakthrough today. If I pray hard enough and do the 10-day fast, can I tell you what will bring your breakthrough? I have a new access. Transform me by the renewing of my mind. Give me new thinking, God. I'm a new person who has new access. The heavens are never shut. I have perfect access to everything that the Father has, I can have right now. It doesn't need my performance. It needed His, and His was perfect on the cross. You need more grace, 
You need more patience. You need forgiveness for your spouse, your boss, for your kids. I want to tell you the resources of heaven are full and available to you. The same relationship Jesus has with the Father, we can have. The same relationship Jesus has with the Father, we can have. I'm like, that sounds blasphemy to me. But I'm like, really? I can have that relationship? But so many of us are settling for just version 2.0. I want to just become a slightly better person. When on the other side, he's saying, and you, you can have a relationship, intimate union with the Father. Why settle? Hello, from the other side. I want to tell you, God is not holding out on you. He's inviting you. He says, come, come, draw near to me and I will draw near to you. Everything I have, I've got pleasures at my right hand forevermore for you. Come, come and enter into my joy. Come. It's the only way it happens though. It's through Jesus Christ and the renewing of our mind, understanding that he is enough. What changes when we start understanding this reality is that we become a portal to an open heaven. Yep, we're talking about portals tonight. Oh, came to the wrong church, eh, if you're visiting. I want to tell you that I become, when I understand this, I become a portal to an open heaven. So wherever I go, the kingdom of God is there in fullness. Because I have given, Jesus Christ lives in me, so the ladder that's connecting heaven and earth is here. I have direct access to the Father. Everything that's in Him I can have, so I can walk into any situation and have authority to release whatever. Because I have access to the Father. Hello from the other side. This is crazy. This is not just let's get through another year and let's get up to gold level in discovery. Christian discovery. This is everything to me. Everything to us. If we get this. What changes the church moves from trying to preach the hell out of people and begins releasing heaven. For too long, the preacher stands up on the pulpit and telling people, Do better! We get to come and say, he's done it all. Enter in. Come, come and see what our Father's done for you. Come on, beautiful. Good stuff, eh? Anyone? Yeah. Good, just thank you. Thank you, Bongi. I appreciate that hand wave. <laughs> for final point for tonight. A new you has a new nature. A new you has a new access. Thirdly, a new you has a new mission. A poet once said, men spend all their days gaining money and seeking fame but none of heaven will know their name. Men spend all their days gaining money and seeking fame, but none of heaven will know their name. That scares me. We give everything our, our lives, pursuit to, to greater knowledge, to greater skill levels, to greater, I don't know, in, in this earthly realm. When God is calling us, he's saying, the old is gone, the new has come, pick it up. Do not copy the behavior of the, of the world but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Let God come and change your thinking. Make you a new person. And sometimes we just settle. People who didn't understand it and were dozing on the same revelation, who were sleeping, going, oh, that sounds cool, were the disciples. Jesus says, guys, tonight is the night. The night that's going to change history. The night that's going to that's rip the heavens open forever. The night that's going to join the, the heaven and earth. They're going to give new natures to sons and daughters who've been dead. People who are dead, disobedient, and, and, and doomed. I'm going to reach into their coffins and raise them up to life tonight when I get crucified. Can you stay up with me and pray? Disciples, yeah, sounds 
Sounds like a big night. Yeah, I think we'll give it a go. Sounds like the church often, doesn't it? The gospel. Yeah, that's cool. Sounds nice. Yeah, we'll, we'll, come, to, we'll come to a meeting. Once a week, eh? Yeah, yeah, cool. What happened was these disciples, Jesus says, says to them, they have to ask them three times, goes and wakes them up three times because they fall asleep on the cusp of the greatest day in history. They fell asleep. Guys, wake up. Jesus sweating blood there, uh, wrestling with the Father, settling his heart. This is your will, not my will. And the disciples keep falling asleep, falling asleep. And I think the church, unfortunately, is asleep on this revelation, which we feel is base level, but actually is everything. The gospel, that I have a new nature, that I have a new access, is everything inside of me. And I sometimes fall asleep on that, and I start, we start becoming introspective, and this thing of church and religion becomes just powerless and becomes another form of a treadmill. If I just attend enough, I'm sure I'll be okay. Fall asleep on this reality. So much so, one of my favorite scriptures in Ephesians chapter 5, Paul says this. Wake up, O sleeper! Rise from the dead, and Christ will shine upon you. Ooh, I don't like alarm clocks, but that one is an alarm clock for me. Wake up, O sleeper! Rise from the dead, and Christ will shine upon you. You know, he wasn't saying that to unbelievers. The book of Ephesians was written to the church. So he wasn't saying to an unbeliever over there. He was saying to people who had stumbled into the new going, what do we do now? Wake up! You've got everything! Step and walk in it. Walk in it. Start renewing your mind. Start reading the word and understanding what you have in Christ Jesus. This is huge because it changes our mission. I want to tell you that we are at a war. We're in a war for the souls of men and women. I don't know if you know it, but I, I, I read Time magazine. It's my cultural punt for the day. I do. And uh, it's, it's my, my lens on life. I know nothing else except what Time magazine tells me. All right. Ice is bad. Yes. I just want to tell you that, that the world is, we in a, the world is at a, it's not a, at a, just a civil, casual, neutral level. Things are popping all over the place. We're at a war, and people are not, if we, when we get visions of eternity and understand why Jesus has settled our nature and why he's settled our, our access, is because the church is still too, trying to figure out, am I really a new creation? When the world is going to hell, he's saying you are, so you can get on mission. It's not about you. Settle identity, settle your access, keep going to the Father, because there's a mission. I think the problem is the church thing, the mission is me. I need to become better. I need to try harder. I need more help. Help me, help me. Now, help is good, but let's, let's get the help and let's get involved in community. Let's do what the Bible says us to do. Let's settle our identity because there's a mission. There's a mission that's so grand. We are on the war for souls of men and women. As one famous preacher says, we've set up an outpost on the edge of hell. I'm a visual guy. I watch movies. And something about me gets me excited. When I think in, in a six-week time we're going to go and start a congregation in Norniton, my, my cousins and my family have got no concept of church. They're going, so you're a priest. I'm like, they're like, do you wear? I'm like, no, I don't wear the robes. Don't wear the robes. And, and, and it's, just like, it's like quite quaint. Like, oh, I'm going to Norniton. Cute. I go, no, 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 you don't understand what I'm seeing. I'm seeing that I'm setting up an outpost on the edge of hell there fighting for the souls of men and women. 
Every week when I get prepared, when our team gets prepared, when people set up to welcome visitors and smile, it might look, might look just like, hey, something cute and cuddly for them, a visitor. We're giving you tea and coffee. But they don't know that we are actually in the business of souls of men and women for eternity. We want them to come alive out of their dead and find out they have a new nature. Come alive and find they have access to a father and get them on a mission. I love this because I, uh, I think it's Charles Spurgeon again. He said, if men and women are to be damned, if they are refusing to believe what we are preaching and what we're laying out there, let them at least have to leap over our outstretched bodies to get there. Let us throw everything, just say everything into this mission saying, no, 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 you can't go. Come with us. But the gospel deep inside of us motivates us to that mission. Nothing else does. A fear of hell does not do that. They've tried it in churches for many years. It doesn't work. It's not biblical. The love of Christ, the kindness of God leads men to repentance. And we want to show that when we understand our identity settled inside of us. This whole thing is a setup for the gospel. Do you know that? You've all been conned. You think you're here to make a living. <laughs> Wrong. Good to make a living. It's a good thing. But I tell you, that helps you live out the gospel. I'm here just to get an education. <laughs> Wrong. It's a good thing, but it helps you to live out the gospel. God places us in strategic places. The gospel is the setup of the century. He's placed us strategically here for a new mission. Sir, ma'am, you've got to understand, this is what we're all about here. You have families for the gospel. Your kids are for the gospel. Your business is for the gospel. Your passions and your gifts for the gospel. It's all for the gospel of Jesus Christ. Wake up, O sleeper. Rise from the dead. A story I've told many times, and I love it, and I'll tell it a few more times. There's a ship called the Titanic. It was quoted, people said, this ship cannot even be sunk by God himself. First voyage, eh? <laughs> Bad statement. <laughs> Quote of the year. Oh. That ship one night was hit and started to sink. You've probably all seen the movie Leonardo DiCaprio, King of the World. You get my drift. My heart will go on. Celine Dion. That all happened, really. She was there singing. Ship was going down. But what happened, what history tells us, was that actually just over the horizon was another ship called the Californian. Did you know this? The ship called the Californian, which had enough room on board for every man, woman, child that could have come on their lifeboats and on their other supplies to save every person on the Titanic. But you know what happened? Was when the ship started to go down and the first distress signal went up in the air, poof, Titanic hoping somebody will come to our rescue. The captain of the Californian was sleeping. His first mate came and said, Captain, Captain. I'm dramatizing it. I wasn't there. Celine Dion was, I wasn't. <laughs> captain, captain, distress signals in the sky. And he said to him, how far apart are they? About every 10 minutes. He says, wake me up when they're five minutes apart. Captain turned over. Five minutes later, captain, captain, distress signals. They're going up again and again and again. He goes, what color are they? He says, they're red. They're not of our company. We carry on. Captain turned over, went back to sleep. History could have been different for the Titanic if that captain had woken up. I want to tell you, the problem is the, the church, I believe, are asleep on this revelation. The old is gone, the new has come. They're asleep on this side. Not understanding we have a new nature, we have a new access and a new mission 
And we're not understanding what God has given us and put inside of our hearts and our hands. Every person who sits in this room right now, he doesn't know. We don't understand that we are on this side, new creations. My final thing, I was not a mathematician. This is the greatest math I could come up with. Could you just click the next one tight? I want to tell you this. This is my sum for the year. When you understand that you have a new nature, when you add that to understanding that you have a new access, and that you understand that we have a new mission, and you put that new nature, new access to work, equals new authority. I want to tell you, the people I've seen who've walked in authority, you have the authority already, but if you want to walk in the authority, it's understood to be transformed by the renewing of your mind, that you have a new nature, new access, and a new mission. I want to tell you, every person in this room has more authority in their left pinky than the mayor of Cape Town, if you're in Christ Jesus. Because you have the authority to change the eternity of men and women. You have the authority to bring the kingdom of God here to earth as an open portal. This is exciting for me. Vitamin B shot. <laughs> Do this. Can I pray? Let's bow our heads. Father, this, this evening, I pray for us as a church. I pray for myself. With this, these words that we've said and stumbled over, God, then would not be just some cute saying, a cute scripture maybe we find on our coffee cup. That God, may this, this church thing or this religion thing, God, not just be something we, we tag on into our calendar. Oh yeah, let's, let's go to the church meeting. I pray, God, that you are awakening the slumbering giants of sons and daughters. Sons and daughters who are stumbling upon who they really are in Christ Jesus right now, even for the first time maybe. Maybe they've known this, but they've forgotten. They've let it down. They've dropped it down. We've put it down and we said, you know what? Yeah, that's cool, but I'm not, and you're not living it. God, I pray tonight would be a night of us picking up the new, saying we will not copy the behavior of the world and the patterns of this world, but we'll rather let God come and make us the new people that we are called to be by the changing of our thinking the renewing of our mind. I pray, God, right now, awaken sons and daughters. Wake up, O sleeper. Rise from the dead, and Christ will shine upon you. Can we just take a few seconds here? Settle in your heart. This is not a, a means to be a rah-rah attempt. This means to put the gospel, the glorious gospel, that has raised me from the dead to a life that I could never, ever work for, achieve, or earn. This is a make to awaken us to that reality. Can you seal in this heart and say, God, where am I on this journey? Am I living in the fullness of this new nature, new access, new mission?